a national disgrace. Robert L. Peters, our new president, and more Hunter free rides. All that and a ton more stuff coming up on tonight's show. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Friday. We made it. It's actually Friday. Yay. The live chat is open. Anything you want to say, comment about, promote, I don't care. Whatever. Just stick it in there. Shove it in the live chat. We'll see it. We'll acknowledge you over there. It's good to hear from you. Just uh, keep in touch. And by the way, while you're here, please hit that follow button right there. Uh, We are really begging you from the bottom of our hearts. Show your appreciation for the show and what we do here. And uh, just give us a follow. It's free for you. Helps the show out a lot. And it doesn't cost you a dime. We don't spam your inbox and all that crap. So just give us a follow and thank you for that. All right. Tonight's show brought to you by the good folks at Blackout Coffee. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Blackout Coffee, the original, one and only fantastic coffee company that does two things really well makes good coffee and helps to support our american values blackout coffee was founded on the principles of conservative values the founders believe in the importance of hard work personal responsibility family respect and traditional american values they source premium grade green beans coffee beans and uh They're grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, the best soil, harvested at just the right time. They work with local American co-ops and American farmers. This is a 100% American company. They grow high-quality coffee. They adopt a strict adherence to small batch roasting for their coffee. Uh, It's roasted, packed, and shipped generally, usually 24 to 48 hours, lightning speed. And that means you get the beans just days after they've been roasted. This coffee, my friends, I could not recommend it more. I am a coffee addict. I drink tons of coffee, and I will never go back to anything else after I found Blackout Coffee. Not just because they're a sponsor, because they A, support American values, and B, because that they make an amazing cup of coffee. You've got to try it yourself. Just try one bag. Go over to our link. It's the top link in our show notes and try a bag. Order a bag of Blackout Coffee. They've got several different blends here. You can see they've got Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, Smooth Finish, Pitch Black Espresso. Oh, yeah. Uh, Covert Op Cold Brew, Low Voltage Decaf, if you're a decaf fan. But get yourself a cup of coffee from these folks. They also support our troops and our first responders at work, on duty. Coffee for America's Warriors. Check that out. Send two cups of coffee to active military for every bag you buy. Not only that, you can also, if you have a loved one or someone you know stationed overseas, you want to bring joy to their day, you can choose the I Want to Donate and select Designated Unit. If you know the person's, your relative's unit number, you can put it in and they will get a fresh roasted bag of coffee as soon as possible. And also, if you don't know anybody overseas, stationed overseas, but you'd just like to to donate anyway, just select random unit and same thing. They will send a fresh roasted coffee care package to one of the troops uh, that's requested our coffee. This is such a great idea. This is so fantastic. Blackout Coffee is the name of the game. And, of course, we have a promo code for you. You use that promo code in our uh, in our show notes and here on the screen. 
J20. Use that at checkout, J-A-Y-20, my first name, and you will get 20% off your first order. How about that? 20% off your first order with the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, at uh, checkout, 20%. Hell of a deal. Blackout Coffee, American company. The most amazing. I just, I can't speak enough about it because it is truly, I've tried all so many different kinds of coffees. Most of them just brown water. But this, this is a different story altogether. All right. So, it's Friday. We got a lot going on and a lot to talk about. And our lead is the fact that we have a national disgrace going on right now. Photos have leaked of the abuse of the prisoners of January 6th. Did I say prisoners? I meant to say political prisoners, because that is exactly what they are. Tortured for five months in isolation, in a room no bigger than a closet, no lights or lights on 24 hours a day, and a bucket for a toilet. Hello, this is America we're talking about, and it's happening right now where are the ACLU Amnesty International Human Rights Watch the answer is they're nowhere look at this that is the size that guy by the way is not naked and it kind of looks like it he's wearing kind of a tan flesh colored pair of shorts very thin little pad to sleep on and right behind him you'll see a bucket which is his toilet and that is the condition that these bastards are holding our January 6th friends, patriots. Those are the conditions they're being held under. That is, as I titled it, a national disgrace. Ryan Samsel been held in prison without trial since January of 2021. More than two years, two and a half years, Without trial, Ryan's been moved around 17 different facilities, beaten, abused, tortured, neglected since his arrest in January of 2021. Earlier this week, the Gateway Pundit, which brings us this story, received exclusive photos from Ryan in his prison cell at the FTC in Philadelphia. Cells the size of a closet, the lights on all the time, thin blue mattress, no sheets, no blankets, no clothing, and kept there for five months straight. Folks, this is the United States of America we're talking about. If this story came out of Iran, Iraq, Russia, China, you'd go, eh, yeah, okay, that's how they treat people. This is the freaking USA, my friends. This is what's going on. Ryan told them in a conversation, I was kept in a hard cell, and in that particular cell, about five, six months. I even told you what was happening is the judge is actually calling, trying to get in contact with me, because I wasn't in a normal cell. They were missing me, saying I wasn't showing up in court. They were saying I wasn't showing up in medical but they were pretty much 
keeping me in there. Like I said, it was cold, light was on 24-7, zero window, and that followed me from Virginia. When I was in Virginia, it was the exact same conditions. By the way, there is a link in this story to help defray Ryan's uh, attorney's costs. I hope you will check that out and donate. It was Central Regional Virginia Jail, kept in, and they called it a booking hard cell. Zero phone, zero commissary, zero clothing, because they think you're going to hang yourself, and you're on a constant surveillance. The light is on 24-7, locked in a cell, no getting out, ever, not even for, you know, an hour a day or something. No, you are locked in that cell 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Covered by a black mat, so you couldn't see on the windows. Deprivation of just virtually everything. No books allowed, no letters, photos, nothing. Yellow bucket. That was his toilet. You look at that. He'd barely stand sideways in the thing. He believes the government tortured him for months so he would uh, rat out the Proud Boys. They even beat him several times and kept him locked down so he couldn't communicate with anybody. This torture, these conditions are taking a place in America right now, right now this very moment, that guy is still living like that. Where's the ACLU? Where's the Republican Party? Amnesty International. There's links to contact those associations there. But this is plain and simple. The most disgusting thing I think I've ever seen that this country is is responsible for and the people responsible you should not only be ashamed but you should be brought up on charges this is insane people from January 6th no violence other than the woman that was killed by a Capitol Police officer murdered It's beyond the pale. Call your representatives. There's a contact list uh, uh, link in our show notes. Let them know you want something done and let them know that you vote and you will vote accordingly. Something has to happen. Don't get distracted. Trump indictments, all out of the crap, shiny red objects that keep springing on us. It's been over two years for some or most of these people. He's not the only one. That's just his story. Those stories go on and on and on, and nothing, nothing is being done about it. Something has to give. Something has to give. Unbelievable. All right, more information on the Maui fires from Lahaina. A state official has refused to release water for West Maui fires until it was too late. 
This just out from civilbeat.org, the flight, a fight over water. Nothing new on Maui, but the impact on the county's ability to fight fires is becoming quite clear. Wildfires raging West Maui, August 8th, a state water official delayed the release of water that landowners wanted to help protect their property from the fires. The water standoff played out over much of the day and the water came too late. The Department of Land and Natural Resources Water Resource Management Division and the West Maui Land Company, which manages agricultural and residential subdivisions in West Maui, delayed releasing water requested by West Maui Land Company to prevent the spread of fire. Sources familiar with the situation reported. And this is the results of that. Specifically, according to the accounts of people with knowledge of the situation, M. Kaleo Manuel, Native Hawaiian cultural practitioner, and uh, DLNR's Deputy Director for Water Resource Management, initially balked at the request for additional water to help prevent the fire from spreading to properties managed by the company. According to the source, Manuel wanted West Maui land to get permission from a taro or kalo farm located downstream from the company's property. Eventually did release the water, but not until after the fires had spread. Not clear Monday how much damage the fire did in the interim, whether homes were damaged, but it could have been a lot different if they had just simply released the damn water. And they didn't. I'll keep you up to date as much as I can when I find new stuff on Maui. Just like I'm not giving up on the manifesto from the Nashville trans shooter, school shooter. Not giving up on Obama's chef story. It's out of the news. Nobody talks about it anymore. We're going to keep talking about it. Biden has said he's coming to Maui when he gets there. No rush. Maui residents said, we don't want him here. <laughs> the post-millennial article, I don't want him here. Maui residents slam Biden's planned visit after the wildfires. Following his announcement, he would finally visit the devastated island of Maui. Residents say, we don't want him to come. They balked at Biden seemingly using them as props, which is all he's doing, after appearing unsympathetic in response to the state's biggest natural disaster, estimated to cost to restore $6 billion. The time this moron rotting bag of flesh in the White House spent laying out on the beach or going on a bicycle ride, he could easily have flown into Maui made an appearance right after the fires or a day or so after. But no, he was too busy sunning his nuts on the beach. Jay Awan, 45 years old, he's a cook, tiki carver in Lahaina. He said, I don't want him here. He's just coming to Maui to look good in front of the cameras. 
It's like a effing war zone, he added. Maui's never going to be the same. Lahaina's never going to be the same. They're going to put up resorts all along here. Lahaina's going to lose its character as an old whaling village, and we can't get these historic sites back. Another resident, Peter Frygen, 66-year-old guitarist, said it's a waiting game now for somebody to show up. The government, insurers, I've just been down the beach waiting for people to get into town. Christy Bowman, 60 years old, said she only wants Biden to visit so he can show the world how bad the devastation really is. We haven't had federal support. We had local support, not federal. She brushed off the ridiculous $700 one-time relief payment, said FEMA's bureaucracy has caused problems for victims of the tragedy. I filed an application for somebody for disaster funding, and it already got denied. There is no possible way to get the information we need from an insurance company right now. Okay, so you know what? There's our second national disgrace. FEMA's there, but what are they doing? Apparently, not only nothing, the opposite of that, getting in the way. Hey, did you see we have a new president? President Robert L. Peters, otherwise known, I think, as Pedo Pete. This from Twitchy, weird weird site, but the link's in our show notes. The big guy, Joe Biden, has some splainin' to do about Robert L. Peters and the Ukraine. Oh yeah, he's the smartest man I know. Well, we've gone from Joe Biden never had anything to do with Hunter's business dealings to Joe Biden only talked about the weather when he spoke with Hunter's business people over 20 times to Joe really loves his son to Joe used an alias for all of his Ukraine dealings. Things are not going so hot for President Piddlepants. Not at all. All Robert L. Peters. He used that pseudonym in an email address. Robert L. P- Peters at whatever, gmail.com. <laughs> Years later, 2018, Biden bragged about the firing of Shokin. He pushed for an official visit. We've all seen the video a thousand times. You don't need to watch it again. Remember the rumor floating around that Hunter called his dad Peter Pito Pete? Hmm, yeah. So, this, just unbelievable. He's got this fake email address, and the only person CC'd in the email? Guess who? Yeah, Hunter Biden. This is treason. This is downright, 100%, abso-freaking-lutely treason. When are the Republicans going to get off their ass and do something? Oh, wait, I forgot. They're on vacation, aren't they? Yeah. They're on vacation. Great timing. I got something from Blaze Media for you. It's a kind of a, 
I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, when I saw this, I'd know how to react, and I think you'll see why. The World Chess Organization has banned biological males from competing in women's events. Some of the trans players who have won titles in the past will have them stripped, taken away. Now, let me just get into the story a little bit. The World's Top, top Chess Federation announced Monday that it would not allow biological males to compete in women's events, and some transgender-identifying players will be stripped of their titles. The International Chess Federation, commonly referred to by its French acronym FIDE, acts as a governing body for chess championships worldwide. Now, when it comes to sports like weightlifting, wrestling, I mean, any contact action sport, okay, I get it. Biological men, biological women, there's no doubt. I mean, it's just stupid how they've opened it up so that men can compete in women's sports if they identify as a woman. But when it comes to sports like chess, which I hesitate to call it sport, I didn't even know there was a separate category of men and women. Why? Chess is a game of intellect. Are you saying one of the races, one of the rather one of the genders is smarter than the other? Why do we have to have a men's division and a women's division in chess? Now, the argument is made that, you know, sometimes women want their own space to do their own thing in their own way. But it's chess. I mean, I was trying to think of other sports in which it's not really a sport per se, but it's more of a game of intellect. I honestly couldn't think of I did think of one, and now I've forgotten what it was, but <clears throat> chess is a, a, a great example. What difference does it make if you are competing in a chess championship if you're a man or a woman? Why do they have categories at all? It just makes no sense to me. I I don't know. And I really can't figure it out. But seriously, I, I it's it's weird. Why do we have men's and women's division in a game like chess? Alright. Is President Trump going to flee the country? I'll have that story coming up. Yeah, I know. See, I'm smiling. So are you because you know exactly how absurd that question was. It's more than absurd. It's just stupid. But leave it to these liberal Democrat George Soros backed DAs and judges. They never disappoint. All right, just give me 60 seconds here to tell you about another one of our great sponsors here who want to uh, talk to you. And that is Brickhouse Nutrition. Folks, fruits and vegetables, the key to healthy living. But 
While they are the anchor of any healthy diet, they are difficult to deal with. They're hard to cook. They're hard to prepare. You got to go shopping and they're perishable. How many times have you bought them, intended to do the right thing and eat your fruits and veggies, and then they go off before you get to them? Field of Greens, this amazing product here, is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground into an amazing tasting powder. Just mix it in with your favorite drink, green tea, orange juice, whatever. And these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, not extracts. Real fruits and vegetables. Comes in several great tasting flavors. You will love it and it is amazingly good for you. Take a look here at all these incredible Field of Greens flavors. There's the original, wait, here we go. The original wild berry lemon lime, raw strawberry lemonade ooh that sounds nice charged insight bundle pack these are great and if you start adding these things to your diet trust me you will be amazed at the results field of greens it's 100% natural USDA organic fruits and vegetables you don't have to go through all the bother of going and buying them and processing them and cooking them and saving them and hope they don't go bad before you get to them. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. They use our special link in our show notes. You will get an amazing offer from Field of Greens. A great discount from Brickhouse Nutrition and us here at the Jay Sheldon Show. Field of Greens, an amazing company who uh, produce an incredible product. Seriously, give it a try. You will not be disappointed, guaranteed. All right, here we go. This is a whacked out story. Judge has claimed that Trump might flee if he learned of the secret order. Boy, you know, I know it's petty, but this woman just looks stupid. And apparently she is. Beryl Howell presides at the U.S. District Court in Washington. A federal judge claimed that former President Trump might flee if he's going to if he hears of a secret warrant according to a newly unsealed document judge howell said immediate notification to the customer and subscriber of the target accounts would seriously jeopardize the ongoing investigation as such a disclosure would give that person the opportunity to destroy evidence change patterns of behavior notify confederates and flee from prosecution. August 15th, these things were unsealed. Judge Howell was appointed under, no surprise here, President Obama entered the non-disclosure order at the request of special counsel Jack Smith's team. Where exactly the F is he going to go? It's not like he's probably the most recognized face on the planet around the world he has the ability to hop on any number of private jets and planes and helicopters and go wherever the hell he wants and you're afraid he's going to flee where you're an idiot stupid people we're full of them we got a ton of them they're all over, and they just 
keep proving time and time again exactly how stupid they can be. You want another example of that? Here's one for you. A judge has dismissed... Hang on a second, because I've got this ridiculous video playing in my ears. A judge has dismissed Hunter Biden's misdemeanor tax charges. This just broke yesterday. Federal judge overseeing Hunter Biden's case in Delaware dismissed two misdemeanor tax charges in a filing on Thursday, yesterday. U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Norica dismissed the charges after David Weiss, federal prosecutor leading the case against Biden, moved to dismiss them last week in order to bring charges to Washington, D.C. or California. Weiss was appointed a special counsel last Friday by Merrick Garland after he asked for the role. On Tuesday of this week, Mr. Weiss advised me that in his judgment, his investigation had reached a stage at which he should continue his work as a special counsel, and he asked to be so appointed, Garland said in a statement. His appointment came amidst an unwinding plea deal, which Biden's legal team said the government went back on, and the Department of Justice said was not standing due to a non-approval by a probation official. <laughs> so she dismissed the charges. Apparently so he can be charged somewhere else. Is that even necessary? Can't you be charged? Yes, you can be charged in several different states several different times. This makes no sense. But then again, it's the Biden administration and it's Hunter Biden, so nothing really makes any sense. Including Twitter, or X, and their latest censorship story. You know... Hey! Karen! Karen Hillam, hello! Thank you, and thank... Thank you for the thank you for the smiley faces. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good to have you along. Thank you, Karen. Appreciate it very much. All right. Uh, this is weird. I was so pleased when uh, Elon took over Twitter, and he seemed to be he seemed to be rather resolute in his idea of keeping it censorship free. Then he appointed this wacko WEF supporting CEO, whom I thoroughly do not trust or like. Uh, now this story pops from Just the News, John Solomon's site, links in our show notes. Musk's ex looks for job applicants to stop disinformation and promote credible election stories. What the hell? Team leaders for new hires is following every high-level spook and censorship industry heavyweight in the world. On Blue Sky rivaled a company formerly known as Twitter, ex-state official says. Elon Musk purchased Twitter. Let me just get rid of that video. Apparently vowing, well, he did vow to make it friendlier to free speech. Repeatedly aired its dirty laundry through the release of the Twitter files, of course, which chronicled all the past censorship things that happened at Twitter. Months later, the 2024 election, of course, on the horizon. The company now known as X 
in the market for applicants for what amounts to basically disinformation fighting jobs. And that has some free speech advocates quite alarmed, myself included. They're looking for two positions in its threat disruption team who are, quote, passionate about protecting users from global disinformation and helping people find credible information online in the context of elections. Aaron Rodericks, who is the team leader, not only touts his profile on ex-rival Blue Sky on his ex-bio, but is actively recruiting applicants through a subscription newsletter on disinformation that includes some rather unflattering coverage of Musk, raising the question how involved the mercurial South African remains in his company. This is scary. More details in the story. Check it out. Read it for yourself. But um, if that's the case, I'm a bit worried. More than a bit worried. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me over there. It's at It's J Sheldon. I-T-S-J Sheldon. Please give me a follow. I'm not overly active there. Well, I am. I'm on it all the time. I'm always looking for news stories, things that are going on. But... uh, I post once or twice a day, usually. Anyway, uh, live long and prosper. Anybody still on Twitter are what we call ball clingers. <laughs> really? I'm still on Twitter, or X as it's known. All right, live long and prosper. <laughs> Good to hear from you, ball clingers. Okay, if you say so. I guess I am one. All right, we always end the show with a couple of with a funny post, uh, something good newsy or awe or some funny animal. I found two and I couldn't decide. So you know what I said? You know what, Jay? It's called the Jay Sheldon Show for a reason because it's your show, and because it's your show, you can do whatever the hell you want. And so I am. So tonight we have two. This is so funny. You see these two wacky guys? I mean, look at this balding, bald. They are obviously quite a bit older gentlemen. I would guess 40s, 50s maybe. They put on their bathing suits and take a look at this. Watch what happens at the side of the road. They're trying to encourage people to hit the puddle in front of them. And eventually, somebody does. Boom! (laughs) <laughs> he gets nailed. And another guy right behind him goes even closer with a bigger wave. <laughs> These guys are nuts. I love it. I love it. I should be so crazy. Actually, I should be so crazy. The monkey managing great white hope. The free speech absolutist. Let go of his ball sack. See, you didn't think I'd read that on the air, did you? I'm reading everything. doesn't matter. All right, live long and prosper. I got one more for you. It's very cool. And even though, uh, you know, we're all in America, where I live, you I bet you've never even seen this fruit before. Let me go full screen so you can check it out. Look at that. Look at the size of that thing. You know what that is? Here, we call it nanka. What is it? N-A-N-K-A. If you've ever heard it referred to in English, it's referred to as jackfruit. 
This is my absolute favorite fruit on the planet. It is amazing. Look at that. You cut it open, and there's a particular way you have to do it. The outside has kind of ribbed, like, you know, ribbed for your pleasure. Get off it. All right, live long. Anyway, you cut through this thing, you break it apart, and inside are these little nodules, which are kind of rubbery. There you go. So you see there? Watch this. Now, when he opens it up, you'll see. There you go. And each one of those, you can buy this in the supermarket here, or you can buy a whole jackfruit. But there you go. Let's just pause that. There you go. See that? That right there is the fruit. And there's tons of these things inside. The taste is unbelievable. It's sweet. And you know, just a little while ago, I figured out why I love it so much. It's strange, but the the fruit, jackfruit, tastes exactly like juicy fruit gum in its original form. Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. If you want to know what jackfruit or nanka tastes like, just grab yourself a pack of the original juicy fruit gum if they're even still making it. And that, I have to believe in the ingredients. Do they even put ingredients on gum? They have to be using jackfruit flavoring because that is precisely what this stuff tastes like. And it is amazingly good. It's chewy, it's crunchy, and it's it's got a big seed inside too. But look at that. That's incredible. And it's so good. It, seriously. So when I saw that little exhibition of jackfruit I wanted to share it out never seen such a fruit yeah it's here uh, in my country and um, and it's it's my favorite it's incredible I think probably if you find yourself like a Asian food store I, I know once when I lived in Florida in uh, the Keys in Florida uh, Key West uh, they had an, a great Asian food store down there and now and then they would get durian uh, which is another fruit exclusive to uh, Asia but um, if you find, find yourself a really decent, good, honest uh, Asian food store, you might be able to find jackfruit there. Probably won't be that fresh. Maybe it's frozen. But give it a try. You'll be amazed. Absolutely incredible. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> One more sip of blackout coffee. Mm. Get yourself some blackout coffee. The link is in our show notes. Use promo code J20 for 20% off your first order. Also, you can check out the link in our show notes for our merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, coffee mugs, all kinds of cool stuff there. You want to help support the show. All right. We read books on this show. We've done that for almost from the beginning, 400 and something shows ago. And we've done mostly children's classic literature. Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, uh, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland. But a viewer suggested we do 1984 from George Orwell. So we switched gears on the kind of books we read, and we just finished about a week ago George Orwell's 1984. We loved it so much, we want to continue on with the theme of George Orwell, and we now are reading Animal Farm. And we are in Chapter 2. We'll back up just a few sentences, and then we'll move on with George Orwell's Animal Farm published in 1944. After only a moment or two, they gave up trying to defend themselves and took to their heels. 
minute later, all five of them were in full flight, down the cart track, led to the main road, and the animals pursuing them in triumph. Mrs. Jones looked out the bedroom window and saw what was happening, hurriedly flung a few possessions into a carpet bag and slipped out of the farm by another way. Moses sprang off his perch, flapped after her, crowing loudly. Meanwhile, the animals had chased Jones and his men out to the road and slammed the five-barred gate behind them. And so, almost before they knew what was happening, the rebellion had been successfully carried through. Jones was expelled, and the manor farm was theirs. For the first few minutes, the animals could hardly believe in their good fortune. Their first act was to gallop in a body right round the boundaries of the farm, as though to make quite sure no human being was hiding anywhere upon it. They raced back to the farm buildings to wipe out the last traces of Joan's hated rain. The harness room at the end of the stables was broken open. The bits, nose rings, dog chains, the cruel knives with which Mr. Jones had used to castrate the pigs and lambs were all flung down the well. The reins, halters, blinkers, the degrading nose bags were thrown onto the rubbish fire which was burning in the yard. So were the whips. All the animals capered with joy when they saw the whips going up in flames. Snowball also threw on the fire the ribbons with which the horses' manes and tails had usually been decorated on market days. Ribbons, he said, should be considered as clothes, which are the mark of a human being. All animals should go naked. When Boxer heard this, he fetched the small straw hat which he wore in summer to keep the flies out of his ears and flung it onto the fire with the rest. In a very little while, the animals had destroyed everything that reminded them of Mr. Jones. Napoleon then led them back to the store shed, served out a double rationing of corn to everyone, and two biscuits for each dog. They then sang the Beasts of England from end to end, seven times running, and after that they settled down for the night and slept as they'd never slept before. But they woke at dawn, as usual, and suddenly remembering the glorious thing that happened. They all raced out into the pasture together. A little way down the pasture there was a knoll that commanded a view of the farm. Well, the animals rushed to the top of it and gazed round them in the clear morning light. Yes, it was theirs. Everything they could see was theirs. In the ecstasy of that, the great leaps of excitement happened. They rolled in the dew, they cropped mouthfuls of sweet summer grass, they kicked up clods of the black earth and stuffed its rich scent in their nostrils. They made a tour of inspection of the whole farm, surveyed with speechless admiration the plowland, the hayfield, the orchard, the pool, the spiny. It was as though they'd never seen these things before. And even now, could hardly believe that it was all their own. They filed back to the farm buildings, halted in silence outside the door of the farmhouse. That was theirs, too. 
but they were frightened to go inside. After a moment, however, Snowball and Napoleon butted the door open with their shoulders, and the animals entered in single file, walking with the utmost care for fear of disturbing anything. They tiptoed from room to room, afraid to speak above a whisper, gazing with a kind of awe at the unbelievable luxury, the beds with their feather mattresses, the looking-glasses, the horsehair sofa, the Brussels carpet, the lithograph of Queen Victoria over the drawing-room mantelpiece. They were lust coming down the stairs when Molly was discovered to be missing. Going back, the others found she discovered she remained behind in the best bedroom. She'd taken a piece of blue ribbon from Mrs. Jones' dressing table and was holding it against her shoulder and admiring herself in the glass in a very foolish manner. The others reproached her sharply, and they went outside. Some hams hanging in the kitchen were taken out for burial, and the barrel of beer in the scullery was stove in with a kick from Boxer's hoof. Otherwise, nothing in the house was touched. A unanimous resolution was passed on the spot that the farmhouse should be preserved as a museum. All agreed that no animal must ever live there. Well, the animals had their breakfast, and then Snowball and Napoleon called them together again. Comrades, said Snowball, it's half past six, and we have a long day before us. Today we begin the hay harvest, but there's another matter that needs to be attended to first. The pigs now revealed that during the past three months, they'd taught themselves to read and write from an old spelling book which had belonged to Mr. Jones' children, which had been thrown on the rubbish heap. Napoleon sent for black pots of black and white paint and led the way down to the five-barred gate that gave on the main road. Then Snowball, for it was Snowball that was best at writing, took a brush and between the two knuckles of his trotter painted, painted out Manor Farm from the top of the gate and in its place painted Animal Farm. This was to be the name of the farm from now onward. After this, they went back to the farm buildings where Snowball and Napoleon sent for a ladder which they caused to be set against the end wall of the big barn. They explained that by their studies of the past three months, the pigs had succeeded in reducing the principles of animalism to seven commandments. These seven commandments would now be inscribed on the wall. They would form an unalterable law by which all the animals on Animal Farm must live forever after. With some difficulty, for it's not easy for a pig to balance himself on a ladder, Snowball climbed up and set to work, with Squealer a few rungs below him, holding the paint pot. The commandments were written on the tarred wall in great white letters that could be read thirty yards away, and they ran thus. The Seven Commandments Whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. Number two, 
Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. 3. No animal shall wear clothes. 4. No animal shall sleep in a bed. 5. No animal shall drink alcohol. 6. No animal shall kill another animal. And 7. All animals are equal. It was very neatly written. And except that friend was spelled F-R-E-I-N-D, and one of the S's was the wrong way around, the spelling was correct all the way through. Snowball read it aloud for the benefit of the others, and all the animals nodded in complete agreement, and the cleverer ones at once began to learn the commandments by heart. And... That's where we will knock it off for tonight. We will pick up the rest of Chapter 2 coming up on Monday's show. All right, just a couple quick reminders. That follow button right there, please give it a hit. It's free for you. helps the show out a lot. We really do appreciate it. Check out all of our great sponsors in our show notes and uh, go buy something. Grab yourself a uh, blackout coffee bag of beans. Just try it. Just try one bag. You'll love it. You'll be back for more, I promise. I'm an addict. I'm a new addict for blackout coffee. Never drink anything else. All right. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for the chats. And uh, I will uh, enjoy, oh, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, weekend's coming. I'll see you all again on Monday. Snort. <laughs>